2: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler.
0: This is the best of two pros and a couple Joe with Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
1: You used to use Reet Rainbow, didn't you? You used REIT Rainbow. What do you mean? (laughs) You you grew up on Reet Rainbow. You do do so well on your reeds, man. You crush your reeds.
3: Butterfly in the sky.
0: Yeah.
1: I can fly twice as high. Just take a look. It's in a book. It's Coop Rainbow.
3: <laughs> I can do anything. But is that, that's that, LeVar Burton. Yeah, man. I was going to say. That's who I'm named after. Yeah. So now were your parents watching Reading Rainbow and they said that's a good name? Roots. That's where I am, Kunta Kinte. So hold on a second. <laughs> you're <So>. Toby,
1: <laughs> Kunta. No, you're Toby.
3: Oh, so let me get this straight. You're Kunta Kinte. So he did Roots and Reading Rainbow. Yeah, and Star Trek. That's some range. And Star Trek. Yeah, he was Gordy. <laughs>
1: That's some yeah. range there, man. Isn't that some range? He was. Yeah. He's in space. He was space traveling. He's book traveling. Yeah. He's <laughs> still major, majorly into. Uh, Doing what he needs to do in terms of education and reading. He goes all over the, the world, all over the country. How about that, huh? Reads books. Still reads books.
4: Yeah, man. Ray, did super you grow, intelligent dude. Did you
3: grow up on reading Rainbow? Uh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bam. How about did, that? Didn't everyone? Bam. bam how about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. No, not really me. It was more the- uh, oh, Can you read?
4: He, yeah. just
1: did, he just did a hell of a – I mean, his his opening read was – that's that's why I asked. I mean, rainbow
3: to be corrected, I'm not trying to correct anybody out no. of, you know, to be insulting here, but I don't look at rack as a read. I look at as a way of life. So,
4: how does uh, uh, how does Reading Rainbow go? Like, wh- how exactly is their little phrase? <laughs> it's
1: um, –
3: What's I, the phrase? Yeah, what is
4: it? Or like, like I guess it's a jingle. I, yeah, well, the j- we were just re- we were
3: yeah. just singing it. I can do anything. Yeah. Take a look yeah. at a book. In a Reading book. Rainbow. Take a look in a book. Well, at one, too, depending on the book. I
1: mean, if it's Playboy, it's at, I guess. Damn right it is. <laughs> and you don't need to read. I <laughs> know you don't. <laughs> you don't need to be able to read that periodical.
4: Yeah. yeah. Kind of like yeah, a picture book.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a picture book. That's right. Yeah, fun little picture books. Picture books book. were fun because it'd only be like three or four words. It'd be like, look at the dog. And there's a dog. And then you show. Yeah. I can go twice Yeah. high. Yeah. Take a look. It's in a book. It's a Reading man, Rainbow. Ah, she got pumped. Yeah. Anywhere. Get it, Jonas.
5: Yeah. This song uh-huh. stinks. A place
1: to grow. A Reading Rainbow. This should be our open. I can't be anything. <laughs> ah, I see. My before. mom. Hey, my mom used to make me believe, dog. I used to watch that too. She's like, There's the, he's, "You're named after him."
4: Reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. Man, you Reading got such good rainbow. Rain. Yeah, get it. Yeah.
1: Right. This early in the morning too. Come on, man. man.
4: That's that we get a bit of boy band. And uh, Lavar would have been lead singer. Yeah, he would have.
1: And we go around the world singing
3: Reading Rainbow.
4: Jonas, you would have been in there, too. You, you would have had your moments and Yeah, I,
3: but I would have gotten, like, one or two lines in and then just taken the checks and run with it for the rest of my career. So-and-so the, from the band. The you,
4: can, you can play instruments. Right, like I can't play anything. I have really. to have like a tambourine or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, <laughs> that's all I got. I don't, I, don't, I don't have any musical talent. Like, yeah, I'll we'll be it backup singer slash like a tambourine.
3: I mean, you don't, you don't really need to know how to play anything. I mean, Elvis wasn't really playing a guitar; it was like a prop. So, you know, it's like he's like he was at a kid's birthday party. He was playing a rock star. So you just, uh, you know, you don't really need to, you know how to play do everything. Anything? No, not really. Mm more of a prop. I don't even think it was plugged in, to be honest with you. It's like a music video. The instruments aren't even plugged in. Oh, like Cardi
4: B. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
3: Although upon further detail, apparently people were coaxed into throwing stuff at her on stage, which is why. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so what happened? See, now,
1: upon further review, they were telling the people in the crowd to to cool her down because it was so hot. Who's they? Uh, People, whoever uh, the, DJ the DJ was, was yeah. yeah. Oh, so the
4: DJ's to play him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: Why would he think, though, that's something that anyone would want? Well, because she It was did, hot as hell, yeah, and, I and I guess
1: he was like, you know,
3: get her, cool her off. And because she did write a song, you know- Called what? You know, they're uh, just an acronym No, no, tell me something. what it's called. Yeah? Yeah. It just, uh-
4: so those songs are really easy to, to to read on air. Yeah,
3: just, you know. So that's definitely not part of reading Rainbow. That yeah. song that was definitely uh, left out. That was the B sides version of that album. But-
1: Can't you say the acronym? The acronym is not is. You can say the acronym. It's WAP.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: WAP. <laughs> Take that S out. It's not wasp. It's not white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. <laughs> not it actually means something different yeah, yeah it sure does. does yeah it clean up an aisle
0: eight yeah <laughs> whoa. <laughs> whoa
3: um all right well let's try and clean up the mess <laughs> let's <laughs> clean it up um you know because and uh, you can throw a microphone at it by the way yeah that uh <laughs> In this case, <laughs> in this case, the P stands for Peyton. Uh, that oh, okay. will be Sean Payton right. okay. uh, in this right. acronym because Sean Payton, as we all recall, about a week ago, less than a week ago, uh, decided to air out Nathaniel Hackett and the entire Broncos organization from a year before. You know, still members of that Broncos organization are there in Denver now that Sean Payton is there. He claimed he regretted it 40 minutes afterwards, yet he didn't call Jared Bell to have the article taken down or have him not run with the article. He just let it fly. So Nathaniel Hackett spoke for the first time publicly about the whole situation yesterday at Jets training camp. So let's hear from the former Broncos head coach, now Jets offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett.
5: I've been involved in this business my whole life. And uh, as a coach, you know, as a coach's kid, you know, we live in a glass house. We know that. We all live in different rooms. We all got a key for it. And it's one of those things that there's a code, there's a way things are done. It's frustrating, and it sucks, but uh, we're all susceptible to it. There are things that you do, mistakes you make, and it costs you time on the field, costs you your job, all those things, and I own all that stuff. It's unfortunate that that had to happen, uh, the, the comments that were made, but, hey, they did. I'll tell you, you can always look at that silver lining, and, man, this organization, these players, uh, the coaches, Sala, everybody has been unbelievable. I think that's something that is just awesome. It's brought our team together said publicly that he would call to apologize. Has he done that yet? No. Would you answer the call? Never. I've never met the guy, so let, let's, let's get on from it. That was last week. I think that's something that is just awesome. It's brought our team together. So there, there it is. said publicly that he would call to apologize. Has he done that yet? No. Would you answer the call? Never. I've never met the guy, so let, let's, let's get on from it. That was last week.
1: Yeah. Well, well But you just responded to it.
5: <laughs>
3: and also, he's not going to hear from him because Sean Payton isn't sorry about anything he said. Like, he said what he meant. He said what he meant. <laughs> so, like, yeah. if he didn't, he would have told Jarrett Bell again to not I, I, post it.
4: Let me just say this, though, that, about Nathaniel Hackett. I, I feel like he's been the adult in the room with the way he's handled it. And that's one thing, like, regardless of what you want to say about how things went in Denver last year, he, he always handled it with, with class and dignity. You know, he, he, he learned a lot of lessons, I think, as a first-time head coach. But you, you have to, like, at least from the human side of it, admit that he, he didn't really act, you know, immature or respond in, in an immature way. He, he, in a very adult manner, kind of portrayed the fact that, hey, he, I felt like he kind of violated a coach's code. And I feel like there's a lot of coaches out there who would agree with that. Um, and, and, and look, there, there's something to be said for that. Like, like, say whatever you want to get about him – as a head coach, how things went. There's a reason why Rodgers loves him. You know, there's a reason why he got a job right away as an OC in New York, as opposed to sitting out on the sidelines right now. You know, people respect him. People uh, understand he's a better coach than how things went last year. And, and even though it looked like the perfect storm of, of a disaster with how everything went, there's more to that story. You know, I, I think a lot of people who you know were, were around that organization last year. You know, they would say there's a lot of blame to be spread around. And, you know, the most interesting thing is going to be the quarterback position. And and if Sean Payton can get Russell Wilson to be the guy we saw in Seattle and play the way, you know, we think he's capable of within an offense that's maybe not the offense that Russell Wilson's pushing for. Maybe it's the offense that he doesn't want but is best for him, if that makes sense. Because that was one of the, the narratives that kind of came out from Denver last year was – there was one pushing one person pushing for an offense that really didn't suit his strengths, yet it's what he thought he is or, or, or was as a quarterback, and it was a disaster. And even though Nathaniel Hackett was a part of it, he wasn't necessarily the person who was pushed for. He was just trying to help support his player to be the best player he, he thought he could be. And in doing so, ultimately, it, it cost everyone their jobs.
1: I think Sean Payton put it out there because he wants to be able to – give himself some added runway. It's it's one thing to think that Russ is is the guy. It's a it's another thing to know he's the guy. Right? So so coming into this scenario, he he decided to sacrifice Nathaniel Hackett, the ownership of of the team, the other players, he decided to sacrifice all of them to try and paint a pitcher that says that Sean Payton can come in and fix this with Russell Wilson. Now, he put some dirt on Russell Wilson's hands, so there's enough dirt on his hands from Sean Payton's statement to say that that dirt was dirty enough where we probably need to go in a different direction. But we're going in a different direction after I gave it an opportunity to see if I, the the true coach, that is a quarterback whisperer can get the most out of Russell Wilson. And I, I think that that's all it came down to. is He basically said, this was a dumpster fire. I'm taking over a dumpster fire. If If I do well in year one, That's a testament to how good I am and how good my coaching staff is. If we don't do well in year one, I get to get out of it because I get to say Nathaniel Hackett sucked as a coach. The organization sucked in their decision-making, and I have to continue to fix this. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. Sean Payton has shown before that he's about self-preservation. So the whole coach's code thing I think is out the door with someone like him. And like Nathaniel Hackett said – I never met the man. He doesn't even know him. They don't even know each other. So whether it's a coaching code that that he violated or not, I don't think Sean Payton even gives a damn that he violated any type of code. He's looking out for Sean Payton at this point.
3: I mean, it's going to be uh, it's just the whole presentation of hard knocks. I'm curious to see how they go about it. Because you know they're looking for anything they can to try and spice that series up. And I feel like they're really going to lean into this one. Much like we all have, I feel like they're going to lean into this one and this is going to be presented in a
1: certain way. It's connected to their biggest storyline, right? Yeah. I mean, it's connected to Aaron Rodgers. So why wouldn't you lean into that? See what, what comes of it. I mean, it does I don't make... see how much you can lean on it, though, because it's, it's not there. You're not seeing it play out there for the camera uh, other than just reactions.
4: Who, who has a better season, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers.
3: Oh, jeez, Aaron Rodgers. See, because I actually think Russell Wilson's going to be a lot better. Just because it's impossible to be. Because he's much got worse. Sean Payton now. Well, and also, I mean, you know, he he's, didn't say it's not not better than
1: what he was last I, year. He say I'll, "Who's going to have s- the better season?"
3: I'll say Rodgers, but I do think Wilson is going to play well, and I think Denver's going to be a good team. I think Denver's going to be a playoff team. But yeah, okay, I, I but go will Ron- Russ? Ooh. But but ooh. yeah, I think they're a playoff but, team.
1: When hold you say now. Denver will be a better team, first of all, they're in a
3: super tough division.
4: Uh, well, yeah, and, and and hold on for a second. So they get, so they're one of seven teams. Who's your other six?
3: Uh, I would say if we're going obviously the Chiefs. Okay. I would say the Bills. I would say the Ravens, huh. the Bengals, huh. Jacksonville. Huh. Where are we at right now? That's five. You're at five. Yeah, one more. All right, so then I'll go Miami. Wow. Yeah. Question
1: mark teams. Yeah. Yeah, I throw San Diego. I mean I mean, so the
4: Chargers, once again, don't make it, huh? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Jeez, why do you do this to me? Well, I'm l- just saying, l- like, like when you through. said the Denver Broncos are a playoff team, I'm thinking, well, all right, I guess Herbert, his contract, and everything. Yeah, means like, that's a roster that is a playoff roster. Am I wrong in that assessment? No. Yeah,
3: no, I think they are.
4: Like, they are loaded. I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I'm not sure how. I mean, I, I think after this year, if they don't, you, you've really got some some grave concerns. Because I think there's a lot of other coaches that are out there that are like, I want that job because that quarterback, that roster, that's a that should be a playoff team.
3: Doesn't make sense. What would you say if I were to ask you right now the odds on Denver to make the playoffs on DraftKings? What would you, what would you say they are? What kind of money? Are you I would
4: say they this? are ten to one. Really?
3: To yeah. make the okay. who the Broncos? Yeah, the Broncos. I'd go higher than that. Longer odds. Plus one eighty. So 100 bucks wins you 180 on Denver to go to the playoffs.
4: Hmm.
3: So, They're
4: mean, pretty bullish on it then.
3: I think the Steelers will
1: have a bounce-back year this year.
4: Wow, y'all didn't even mention Cleveland. And Cleveland's we got didn't a even mention
1: Cleveland. They're just so relaxed.
3: Don't uh, worry about that so much. It's just,
1: We're going to have to table that conversation.
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there he
1: is. Well done. There he is. Well there done. He is, folks. Well <laughs> that, done, that sir.
3: That was the one. Well done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was the
3: one for the show. We're going to have to massage that topic a little bit more Here, sir, like little sir, later. You sir, know. here's a towel. You did a hell of a job <laughs> yeah. today. A hell of a show. <laughs>
1: Hit the shower, man.
3: <laughs> Uh, you I know, I'm I'm, I'm already regretting my Broncos to make the playoffs uh, pick. Lee, can we take that out of the podcast, please? Now that I'm thinking about it,
5: I Lee, actually, keep
4: it in there. All right, keep it in. there. Just like our, our conversation about the uh, U.S. women's national team and <laughs> what happens if they tie. So,
1: oh, geez.
5: Hey, look,
3: Lee. Advance. Hey, Lee, you know yeah, what? but they're not leading their
4: group. <laughs> and so I think they've got a much harder path, which I think was the point. And Lee's like,
3: I don't know. So you I gotta, don't know. You got to keep it, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> <keep>
2: the <laughs> Netherlands. Lee, we, I didn't know Netherlands was going to go 8 nothing on their next match. Yeah, well. Cool. Well, that's why we ask these Morning. questions, Lee. I,
4: I do, I do appreciate the fact, though, that Carly Lloyd's like, what are these girls doing? Like, yeah, why but, are they, why are they celebrating? But
3: you're not allowed to criticize them. You, can, you can't be. You can't know. Well, no it wasn't criticizing me criticizing.
4: Them. I was just applauding the fact that Carly Lloyd, he, as a former. Absolute star is like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold this locker room accountable for a second.
3: And she got a, a ton of blowback for it. Like people yeah, she, were, yeah, coming after, her saying, oh, well, you, you, her comments were out of line, and that's just, you know, her being, uh, she's gonna get on us for wanting to celebrate and all. That. It's like, sorry that she's got higher expectations but, because this is supposed to be the best team in the world, and they played like crap. I mean,
4: well, yeah, and, they, and they've dominated, you know through the group stage for the most part. I mean, again, I, I go, I, I go back to the very first game versus Vietnam. The over-under was set at six and a half. Who do you think they think was scoring all those goals? It wasn't Vietnam. They were expecting the women's team to literally blow them out like they had in the past. Or the Netherlands, who was in their group and was able to, to blow out some you opponents. You guys
3: so. remember the first time the Dream Team lost or the U.S. men's the basketball Dream team, team never lost?
4: The Dream Team never lost. It was yeah.
3: always painted as Dream Team, Dream Team Volume 2. Like, oh, nobody's going to beat us. And the first time they lost, they got chewed up and spit out by everybody. This is disgusting. Nobody cares anymore. They made drastic changes. Like, there's nothing wrong with being critical. I mean, and, and but... To the worst
4: though, the dream team never lost. Yeah, there they, was iterations of the dream right, team. Right, there are after iterations. Right, that wasn't the, really the dream team. Yeah,
3: not my
1: dream team. That's for sure. Ninety-two. Oh, my dream team! They don't play basketball. No. No. What? They do something else. Yeah, what's that? I don't know. That's <laughs> why you're they're my dream. That? That's why they're my dream team. <laughs> Damn.
0: That's right.
3: on Google Play or the App Store, Game On. Brady Quinn is back with us here, uh, traveling the globe, doing what he does, and he's back with us today and he might have himself a little bit of a red ass. Is there a oh, problem? Man. Puffy with, bottom. Uh, yeah. I mean,
4: don't don't get me started on, on certain etiquette or certain things that are allowed or shouldn't be allowed on an airplane, all right? Let me just start off by saying this. Uh-oh. All right. If, if you're going to bring one of your pets onto an airplane okay you got to be responsible for them you know it's almost like having a child right when you bring a child on an airplane right and this is where like lavar and jonas i'm sure you can relate and especially i'm sure like lavar when your kids are young jonas your son's young my kids are young you feel the utmost responsibility for keeping them quiet not allowing them to be a distraction of right of course yeah is that fair yeah I mean, have you guys had some bad flights before you're like uh, these <laughs> these people must hate me right I, uh, I
3: hate it myself yeah yeah exactly lee, yeah. I, lee was on one how'd that go lee <laughs> my my son was not uh, the most cooperative yeah he yeah. pissed everybody off
4: and, and, and so here's the deal and i, I love lavar what you just said because like you take responsibility Right.
1: Oh, absolutely.
4: Our our oldest was so bad on a a really short connecting flight from Atlanta uh, to Cincinnati. We're heading for a wedding. I'm still waiting for the uh, the invitation in the mail. But I I was I was the best man in a wedding. And we're heading in. There really weren't many options. Flights delayed, all this stuff. And she's past her nap time. She cannot stand anymore. I've never seen a child act like this. I thought she was possessed. I was almost going to go to the church and ask the priest, be like, hey, man, can you do like an exorcism? Because what just <laughs> occurred for that 45-minute flight wasn't real. Like, I'm, And she was like r- like rolling around, sobbing, crying on the ground on like the floor of a plane, which it might be the dirtiest place on the planet. Um, and, and so afterwards, I was like, you know, she can't come to the wedding. I was like, you need to like bathe her and like have her take a nap that's beside the point because I think as parents we all kind of get it and for most passengers like either you've, you've experienced it as a parent or you kind of feel bad for people right who I don't feel bad for are the people who bring pets on the plane that are not responsible for them I had a guy sitting literally a row behind me like diagonally across he brought on a cat to the plane A cat. now a cat now I'll start by saying this like I'm not here to disparage anyone who's a cat person, not a dog person. I have to be a dog person. Okay, uh, I would say probably all of us on the show are dog people. That's just my guess. Yeah, this guy was a cat guy. Okay, and whatever stereotype you know you want to say, like you picture in your head, he looked like a cat guy. All right, I'll just <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> this thing for the two hour plus flight, from the time he sat down to the time it landed moaned and meowed the entire time. Like, I swear to God, I almost asked the flight attendant, I'm like, is this animal abuse? Like, let the thing out on the plane. I I know there could be people with allergies. They would probably rather have a bunch of hives break out or have an allergic reaction, have someone stab them with an EpiPen (laughs) than deal with that sound of this cat. (laughs) Meow. Oh, no. Like, the whole time, nonstop. At one point, he got up to, like, walk it around like it was a crying baby. He was literally like shaking it, swing like walking up and down the aisles so everyone can get it right. Like like everyone's got to listen to this. This cat who just can't cannot be in this little cage any longer. I was like, for something that's like doesn't seem like that big of a deal, it was the most annoying thing I've heard on a flight in a long time. (laughs) I, I personally, By the way.
1: I will never buy a pair of headphones that aren't noise-canceling headphones.
4: Bro, I had in noise-canceling headphones. And you could still hear the Didn't cat. Ma- it's like a different frequency.
1: I would have gotten out of my seat and I'd have been like, ma'am, sir, can you please shut that freaking cat up? Yeah. Please listen for the love of god you know i thought you were going with this not not to step on you jones but where i thought you were going because i just had a a flight home from vegas the other day the other day and there was a dog on on the plane Mm. no worries we sit down the dog started crawling over the feet (laughs) like
3: look how big was the dog you got
1: your dog it's a little dog (laughs) you got your dog Hold your freaking dog. Don't, yeah. let your dog of, <laughs> don't let your dog just walk all over. Don't let your dog just walk all over somebody that doesn't know you or your dog. Like, like you went, I, I just don't understand this. Why are you just allowing your dog to just walk freely? Like, dog walked across the aisle, walked up on me. Like, everybody is an animal lovers. Right. Everybody don't love animals. Like, I happen to be okay with dogs and animals. But on what a I'm plane. but what I'm not okay with. I don't care if we're not even on a plane. I don't care anywhere. Well, we, don't just don't don't be not like
4: don't pay attention like you said, to your your animal. Here's what we know: uh, we don't love your animal as much as you do. That yeah. well, that's fair. And, and that so is don't fair. don't be bringing that thing around and and causing a ruckus or causing you know whatever distress. I was just I'm thinking to myself: there's no way because when we first sat down on the plane. It started. And I'm like, someone's got to say something to this guy. And I, I kind of kept looking back, and I'm like, is that that dude right there? Oh. He was, by the way, who's sitting there doing nothing. Like, at least look a little apologetic about creating all this noise. And, and like, people keep looking around like, are you going to do something? <laughs> I can help you. I got some hey,
1: Dramamine
4: right I'm here. Gonna, Put uh, that right in his catnip. mouth.
3: That, that cat go right to sleep. I'm convinced that cats are the reason God created coyotes. Oh wow! I'm telling you, <laughs> Jeez. you want me to take care of that problem? You know Here, what? I got something for you. That
4: was that was the one issue. Is there wasn't a pet coyote on the plane? Yeah, because yeah, I, un- I, I would have unleashed <laughs> oh, that. I would unleashed that You, want to have some
3: two, purring going two, on. Who huh? can play yeah. this game? Right. Yeah, yeah it might cost You, you know, it might tear through like a 3.4 ounce bottle of cologne, but you know what? He's going to get to that cat. Okay. He will get to that cat. Not a problem whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Cats bug the hell out of me, man. Well, they, and,
4: and that's the thing is like, I, I was like, was this worse than a crying baby? And I thought to myself, probably, because I would feel bad for the crying baby and the parents. I didn't feel bad for this cat. I'm like, you know, he's got kind of a luxurious bag he's traveling in. This guy was wearing a fanny pack, I'm sure, with the different oh. treats. And oh, dude, trust me. <laughs> this guy, I just, you know, I, I feel for him. He's, he's, <laughs> That's him his that life. cat. That's when, all he's got. When that cat dies, it's got. over for him. Yep. He's
3: going with the cat. Yep.
4: Bro, that's all he's <laughs> going got. Going with him. Yeah. He, he's probably going to accumulate more cats.
3: Hey, let me tell you something. You'll know that cat died because you walk into that guy's apartment and it says Brooks was here, carved out over the top of his
0: uh, living room. He that's yes, how that's going to go.
3: I'm just saying. Far. like that's it, It's over for that we guy. Were,
4: we were close, but that, you just hopped, skip, them yeah, and jumped right across there. that line.
1: I mean, why not? Oh, uh, that's terrible, noise can outdo... Noise canceling headphones. That should be a law. It was, that you, you know should, what it was. You should have broke. That's a law. You should have to go to jail. They should take that person and its cat to the jail. Put him in uh, in jail and put the cat in into the. Uh, into the what? What's it called? Where they take them? To- A
3: coyote enclosure. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah,
1: just like that. There you go.
4: I, I honestly felt like it was inhumane. I'm like, am I in Guantanamo Bay right now? Like, like what's <laughs> like, what is that? It was. Uh, that was the thing. Is once she, once I had my headphones on, I, I could I could hear it through, and I'm like, is that the cat still? Like, like, have they just not figured out in the noise-canceling headphones how to get that frequency out? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit.
3: <laughs> now, was it a good-looking cat a good was it, a it was cat probably a fat-ass cat. Was it a no. good-looking
4: cat at least? No, it didn't look like Garfield. didn't look like any of the, the boss cats you see out oh, there. You know? you it sounded like, like cool it was cat. just a big old lazy-ass cat. <laughs> it was not. It, was, it wasn't It was even, like, impressive. You know, it would be I mean, one thing if it was close to, like, it was a big cat. It was like, never like a bobcat, I'm like, all right, that thing might mess me up. You know, I like, mean, if that kid gets out, that thing's going to take whatever they were serving on that plane and be like, yeah, this is mine. You may- find your own.
3: Maybe it wasn't just a pet. Maybe it was also a, a transport vehicle. Maybe that cat yeah. had some narcotics in it. It had some cocaine in yeah, his belly. Yeah, it was, no, no. Little, it, was, uh, it
4: was like a tiny little just, ew. It's just, just Ew. You know, I mean, it's just—I mean—it said everything about the owner. Yeah, that's all (laughs) said.
3: I can't—I can't wait to get the 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 side text of what he really means about that owner right now. Please
0: send it. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
3: on google play or the app store game on right now another wednesday tradition unlike any other the old p on twitter he's petros papadagas he is the co-host of the petros and money show which you can hear on the blowtorch am 570 la sports he's also a fox college football analyst p
6: what's happening good morning good morning to you hello to everybody good
3: morning how you feeling
6: petros did I kick Brady off the air? No, he's here. No. Oh, okay. We're good. we're good. He was here. Yeah. No, I just good. didn't hear anything. Oh, you hear me now? Yeah, I got you now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I, hard just, to connect everybody. You know, at five in the morning, my fingers are a little uh, jittery. Hmm. Sorry. Right. <laughs> it happens.
3: Hey, Petros, uh, with Arizona leaving the Pac 12. Oh, no. I mean... Are they leaving? What happened? Did well, that happen? Yeah, I think it's pretty much official. Uh, they're expe- they're
6: discussing it. It's expected. I'm that in pretty go. close contact with some pretty high-ups over there in the dirty T in Tucson, and I did not wake up to that news, yeah. although I do expect it.
3: So what's that? Does that disappoint you, or are you numb to the whole thing at this point?
6: It disappoint me? Yeah, You I mean, you grew up on Pac-10, Pac-12 football. Well, I mean, we talked about... Last week, we talked about when Brady and I were at the Pac-12 championship in 2018 working. Yeah. And the whole narrative was, just wait till 2023. Our deal is going to be amazing. You're going to love what we do in 2023. And that was five years ago. And it's 2023. And SC and UCLA are gone. And Colorado is gone and all these other teams are right on the brink, and it's over. And it's it's hard to imagine the league going forward with nine teams. You know, adding San Diego State doesn't solve your problems, but they could have done that in June and had more teams and not been on the brink of absolute decimation. But you know why they didn't add San Diego State back in June? Because of Stanford and Cal and the academic, oh, all right, we can't possibly out of state school and all. It's like you guys, <laughs> you guys are dying. Like you guys are literally falling apart. One of the great leagues in the history of college sports, in my very humble opinion, is going away. It was a perfect league and had all these great travel partners with the two Washingtons, the two Arizonas, the two Oregon's, etc. And. It, they just, it, it didn't have to be this way. We keep talking about it. All they had to do was partner with a network. But even when George Kleavkov, this guy took over, and almost right away he lost USC and UCLA. But the Pac-12 never should have had their hub in the Bay Area. They never should have acted like, oh, Silicon Valley, oh, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Those go are to Los- football fans, though, aren't they? Sure, yeah. Go to Los Angeles. Stanford doesn't even want a fan base. And Cal has had a love-hate relationship with their football program forever. I mean, go to L.A., ask the L.A. schools what they need. How do you stay in here? And the fact that the idiot A.D. that was at USC, St. Pat, old Pat Hayden. I said, which one? Yeah, the the one that was there when the, the TV deal was oh, done. Because yeah. the there's idiot, a couple in that kind well, of Well, right? yeah, you got Lynn Swan as ineptitude, and it's just Mike Bone. The Bonarino. The Bonarino. Old, the Bonarine, the old you don't even hard. know. You guys don't even know what it's like a Lego Riley. How much fun we're going to have with this guy, right? Bone, 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 bone. Bone. But I tell you. Uh, you know would you rather have the stanford people (laughs) 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 i mean it's just it's been awful for a long time but what they needed to do was go to the la schools and say what do you need how do we help you how do we keep you and 12 years ago i mean usc just took the same deal as oregon state took and they and there was no out there was no negotiation and three or four years in, you saw that the Pac-12 Network, not partnered with an actual place that has distribution, was failing. Didn't even have distribution in their own footprint. I mean, it's been a it's it's almost been like a it's almost been like a book about how not to f things up. It's worse it, than that. It's just, it, it's too obvious. I mean, it's it, awful. It will it will be a case study.
4: Like yeah. it, it will literally be a case study. I don't know if it's on you know poor leadership. Um, decision-making, however you go about phrasing it, I have no doubt, and probably Stanford might even write the case study themselves, but But it will be a case
6: study. Stanford's a huge problem in this. You know, Stanford and the university presidents are really to blame because they need to take extremely judicious action, like early into this, knowing that they had brought in the wrong guy old limousine Larry Scott and what they were doing was going in the absolute wrong direction because he would take a limousine to go two blocks (laughs) oh Oh my god you know and it's funny (laughs) the original Pac-12 commissioner or 10 when I was first working and was there forever he was like a dinosaur Uh, Tom Hansen was like he looked like a p.e. teacher in like a 50s movie he was like a guy wow. with a flat top and he was like a really <laughs> kindly old man he had like a bill snyder vibe That's and you he needed. would did he have a whistle no <laughs> kick me in the jimmy no, uh, he, <laughs> oh, he uh was jammy. he uh <laughs> he, he was the kind of guy who would take like uh uh like he would get his brother-in-law to pick him up if he was going to Phoenix. So he didn't take a cab and charge the, the network. So they went from that guy to a guy that takes, you know, a limousine to go a block and eats Petrosian caviar for breakfast. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, it was like, you know, when you hire a, a player's coach and he fails. So the next guy you get is a disciplinarian, right? And like they really went the other way and it was a terrible, terrible decision. And it ruined West Coast football as we know it because it really was a hell of a conference and it didn't have to happen. And now it's all getting poached away. And, yeah, I think Arizona is the next domino to fall, but I didn't hear that it was a done deal yet, Jonas. Uh,
4: Can I ask you this? Um, (laughs) How much of the concern over CTE and football played a role in the West Coast? Because that was something that, like, I, I remember early on, like initially, like as a player, right? Cause all this stuff's coming out while you're playing. You're like, Oh dude. Okay. Like let's, let's look into this. And the more I looked into it, the more I was like, yeah, there's cause for concern. However, there's cause for concern. If you played women's soccer in high school, right? Like the amount of concussions from headers and, and the constant, you know, heading of the, of a soccer ball. Like there's cause for concern there. Like if you were going to start and say, well, there's cause for concern with football with CT. You kind of have to look at every sport where there could be any sort of contact to the head. But it felt like there was more of an impact maybe on the West Coast as far as younger and then how that impacted football and maybe a grassroots roots age. Did you see or feel any of that?
6: No, not in L.A. No, I mean, not not in L.A., not I don't think Arizona or, you know, the football powers are still the football powers that be no matter where you, you live. But I do think it's a real thing at Stanford, Brady, and I think right. I think that, that Stanford the now whole how would, how would they describe the problem if you were talking from someone? <laughs> <of the No! laughs> you know, I was once up at Stanford camp, and they all had computer chips like like they all you know, like one of those diabetes things, you know, uh, that people have on the back of their arms. Right. Uh, they all had those on their heads and they, they and their their heads were being monitored what by by some research firm on campus and pretty interesting right i mean uh, and that was a l- while back you know i mean that was seven or eight years ago at least.
3: Was that the start of AI, do you think? Was that mm-hmm. the uh, the beginning stages of, you know, so, trying to study? I don't know.
6: I mean, there is a different sentiment toward football on the West Coast, but there's a different sentiment toward almost everything on the West Coast and what attracts people and what people are tribal about are 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 different you know most people are here are just tribal about the freeway because that's the only place that you're really sure everybody's going to be all at once. <laughs> uh, but uh you know i mean you'll be on the 110 freeway and all of a sudden it's gridlock and you're like what the hell's going on and then you realize there was like some kind of a mexican soccer game and you're like oh my god you know i mean. It, uh, <laughs> You know, it is uh, it is different. You know, there's no doubt about that. And it's hard to explain to, to, to people if they're not, you know. And then some people just hate the West Coast. I mean, there was that Dodger uh, guy just – Dodgers tried to trade for a guy. I'm sure Eddie knows his name. But uh, Dodgers tried to trade for a guy, Eduardo something. Yeah. And uh, and he didn't want to come to L.A. You know, and, and uh, there's people that just are not that into the West Coast. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if that that sentiment killed West Coast football. I'm pretty sure just Larry Scott killed West Coast football. Wow! Because uh, well, and the university presidents that left him in charge. <laughs> Petra guy can't take a long.
3: limousine to drive down Crenshaw Boulevard. You got to air him out and say he killed a conference. Jeez. It's
6: not just that. Oh, the ori- do you want it, the original sins of Larry Scott? Do you want me to uh, to list some of yes. them? Yes. Uh, seven networks, not one. <laughs> okay, there's one. Okay. Uh, you know, hey, let's show the pole vaulting instead of just kicking ass in football and basketball and then then celebrating our other sports. Uh, No network affiliation. Right. They didn't partner with anybody. They tried to do their own network and they suck. Three, hiring East Coast executives with little to no knowledge of the conference landscape. And then uh, locating the network in the Bay Area. Where everybody sucks instead of a strong media market in Los Angeles. What York. do
4: they sound like in the Bay
6: Area? They say hella all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's right. They're Ayo for yayo. You know what I'm saying? Isn't it like a hyphy our- movement
4: or something That's there,
6: too? Right. Yeah, the hyphy. Look, that part of the Bay Area is awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's Have just- you ever ghost ridden a whip before? Oh, wow. Not on purpose, but yeah. Oh. Oh wow. How does that happen? I guess if it's not on purpose, well look, I mean I've rolled up my own head in a car window, you know? I mean I, you know, I mean that's not ghost riding a whip, but I mean if it's not in, if it's not on purpose, I don't know if uh, if it counts. No, but the whole Stanford thing is really interesting, you know, and it's always kind of baffled me and fascinated me because I mean they have like 40,000 faculty and like 8,000 students. It is the weirdest place on earth and it's, it's a the big only campus right like, oh yeah like actual the acreage. well, yeah. and you've been there many times, Brady I mean the I, I, only... I love it i I've done some
4: stuff there like taking some courses or whatnot. I, it's I think a it's wonderful a really... place it's, it's a awesome place but they yeah. don't
6: like if you're there with a football crew, and maybe it's different for Brady because he's one of the attractive people that would have been saved at the yeah, end of Moonraker. No, yeah, Brady would have been saved I, at the end of Moonraker. But- hold on. We, went to, we we did an NFL
4: program there, and all I recall was going to the old pro. Because like, at that point, I knew a gentleman by the name of God rest his soul, Bill Campbell. Great man, huge influence, as kind of like a entrepreneur-type leadership type for a lot of executives. And I was told to go to Old Pro. So we went there. I took a bunch of, of the players who were there. We got after it. I don't think they've ever seen human beings drink as many yardsticks of beer as they've ever seen. Yeah. And when we rolled into class the next day, everyone's just fighting through a, a pretty rough hangover, maybe still drunk. And I remember thinking, like, they probably don't ever get this from their students. Like, they probably never deal with this, ever.
6: We could tell a lot of stories here. I mean, uh, first of all, the place that was big time for that and a lot of the old 49ers and Tommy Vardell and people like that at Stanford was the Oasis Burger in my time. But that closed in Menlo Menlo Park. I have an affection for the place, too. I mean, it's It's a beautiful place. But doing a game there, I mean, when the game's over, they want you to leave. I mean, they don't want you. They they do not want people that are not Stanford people anywhere near Stanford. I mean, it's always felt like that. It's always been like that. They don't want a fan base. You know, they don't really right. endear themselves to the area. If they did, they Toby Gerhardt or uh, Andrew Luck would have won the Heisman. Certainly, Christian McCaffrey, for God's sakes. Right. But uh, you know, it's just a very. Uh,
4: to, to your place. point, they—I I could have sworn the bulldozer was aimed at us initially. After we left the field there in in '05, yeah, I, I thought like they I were driving that. it in our direction, and I was like, "Are they gonna like Are they gonna knock this all over like while we're still here?" It was like, right
6: in the old tunnel. Brady's talking about the last game of the year, Stanford versus Notre Dame. This guy named Ariaga, huge developer on the West Coast and big donor, said, "We're going to build this stadium in six months." You know that old horrible. 90,000 seat thing with the big fences. Yeah. It was like playing in a prison. I
4: remember Vega on Street Fighter, how they'd like climb the fence and like oh, jump yeah. off and attack. It was a kind of lot like that. It was like
6: that type of fence. Yeah, Yeah. it was like a WWF match, you know, like yeah. steel cage. It's kind of cool. <sighs> Except no one was there. Yeah. yeah. Where well, the fans were. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was uh, a I mean, cage,
3: cage match in COVID.
6: Yeah, we <laughs> would travel there too, you know, at USC Stanford, you know, we'd have a lot of people uh, up there and, uh, I used to have success in that old piece of crap stadium, but Brady's (laughs) last game, uh, was the last game ever at that stadium. And then this guy, they worked night and day and they bragged about it. And the funny thing is, is they didn't consult anybody about the stadium. They didn't talk to any TV companies or people that put games on TV. So if you watch a Stanford game on TV now, because they built the stadium so quickly and didn't pay much attention to detail, uh, You'll notice that – you don't notice unless somebody tells you, but all the camera angles are off. They're all pointed uh, down. The grade is wrong. They didn't build any wells for the cameras to go. So you're you're really kind of looking at the top of the players' heads as opposed to more of a side view. So that's awkward. Uh, Could have fixed that. Uh, you The booth, as you know, Brady, has a riser on it because huh. they didn't build the booth right. And then there's Ooh. all these uh, – there's bars on the window. So yeah, like the 50 yard line is literally covered by a windowsill and you're trying to call a game. That's That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, sometimes their isolation hurts, hurts them. There's a great video of a few years back down in uh, San Diego in that old sewer of a stadium, Qualcomm, (laughs) which which San Diego state is redone. Right. Uh, there's a video of Stanford, San Diego State, and you see the Stanford tailgate. We've all seen a Stanford tailgate. First of all, barely attended. Second of all, wine, a lot of wine. Lots of wine. Yeah. blushably Gewürz demeanor, uh, Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay. Cheese. Oh, cheese up the yin yang. Polo shirts? Oh, come on. And not cool polo shirts <laughs> like horrible. a bad birdie either. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> So you got that going on one side, and then the camera turns. And this, it's literally this uh, stark of a contrast. The camera turns to the San Diego State tailgate, and there is a bouncing Impala on uh, hydraulics. <laughs> There's smoke everywhere, vape smoke, everything. You know, they're playing, uh, Do, you wanna <laughs> Do you want to roll in my 6'4"? I mean, it was uh, it was totally... It's just an amazing contrast. And part of that's the fun of college football until Stanford turns around and helps ruin the conference with punk ass Larry
3: Scott. (laughs) So there he (laughs) is. Uh, That's how you stick the landing. (laughs) At the old P on Twitter, Petros Papadagas, the co-host of the Petros and Money Show, Fox College Football (laughs) Analyst. Petros, we appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Thank
0: you, guys. Uh, There he is. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, oh.